Hello and welcome to Vernacular Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. And today we're going to talk about dealing with difficult people. Yes, and how we can do that in a human way, how we can be more human in dealing with difficult people. And this is following on the heels of our episode two weeks ago, we did a special Valentine's Day episode on marriage and how to make your marriage more human. And so this could be related because I think we are probably difficult, at least in some cases, to the people who know us best, and that could be our spouses. But really what we're targeting here is the person in your life who just just really grinds your gears. Yeah, the Toby in the, your life. The Toby to your Michael Scott, if you're familiar <laughs> with, with the, the office. So we're going to talk about how to deal with difficult people. And that could be in the workplace, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your friend group. Who knows? But everybody's got a Toby. Yeah. So to kick things off, we just wanted to start with an overarching principle or virtue that should govern all of our relationships, especially your difficult relationships. And that is charity or love. Right. So this principle should govern all of your relationships in your entire life with those with whom you are very close and with those with whom you're very distant. But it applies perhaps in a special way to the people who you have the most difficult time with. And to love someone is to will their good. Right. And so that means it's not necessarily this feeling of love that you have for someone who is close to you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you want them to be enjoying every second of every day. Right. We're not willing their happiness. We're willing their good. Right. And we're willing it, which means it's a choice, not a feeling that we have for them. So you might actually feel the feeling of love for your friend, for one friend, And you want to will their good. Mm -hmm. But for another friend who's really difficult and challenging in your life, you might not actually feel the feeling of love, but you still have to love them. Right. And so I think an easy litmus test for, now it's not easy to do, but it's easy to sort of apply to a situation um, in, in terms of your dealings with difficult people in your life is does your action, the action that you are taking with respect to this relationship, does it not prohibit the good of the other person? Or does it aim at the good of the other person? If the answer to both of those is, and it's, it's really either or, because not everything you do has to be aimed at their good, um, but nothing you do should hinder their good. And so if the answer to that question is no, that's something you're doing is either hindering their good or you're, you're doing an action that is aiming at something other than their good, then that's something that you should, you should reevaluate. So practically speaking, we came up with four ways that we can deal with difficult people in a more human way. And the first of those is that we want to process externally, but not publicly. So basically this is getting at gossip. Yes. In the words of Moira Rose from the sitcom Schitt's Creek on Netflix, gossip is the devil's telephone. It's best to just hang up. (laughs) (laughs) But what we mean by process externally, but not publicly is that it's good and can be a very healthy thing. We've talked a lot before about how people should seek counseling. We highly encourage you to seek counseling if you are having problems with a difficult person in your life. And it's good to do that. Yeah, it's not good to keep things all bottled up. Right. And having counseling is actually a form of external processing because you are talking about it with a neutral third party who can help you process these things externally and digest some of the things and figure out how to improve. Similarly, you you could confide to a close friend and seek input from a close friend on these things. That's also another form of processing externally. Maybe you have to vent sometimes. Just you just just need to let off some steam again to a trusted friend, not to a group of people at your favorite bar. But that can be a good thing and a healthy thing to do as far as processing externally. But what you don't want to do is process publicly. So again, going back to that example of a group of people in a bar, you just telling them all about the most difficult person Spreading in your life. These vicious rumors. Not 
not helpful, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it might make you feel good. It might be cathartic to let off some steam because it might have that side effect. But what you're really doing is is trying to slander the reputation of someone. Even if all that stuff is true, even if all the reasons why they're your difficult person are true, it doesn't do anybody any good for you to be spreading this around. Yeah, um, a litmus test for me that works for gossip um, that a much wiser person than Moira Rose told me, my sister, is that when you're gossiping when or when you're sharing about another person who's difficult in your life, are you doing it because you want to, you want the person that you're talking to, to have a lower opinion of them? Do you want to lower the, their opinion of that person who's difficult? Do you want to, in their eyes, make them seem like a terrible person? Um, so that, that's helpful for me. And it kind of opened my eyes to the ways that I gossip without realizing it. <laughs> so you have to kind of think about your motivations when you're talking to another when you're talking to someone about another person. Yeah. And I tend to be a scorekeeper as well. So if I'm having a problem with a difficult person in my life, I, I think of it in, as a zero sum game and I want to tell as many people as I can so that they can be on my side and can validate externally what I am thinking internally and make me feel a lot better about my own position vis-a-vis their relationship. But Don't that's, that's right. But that's not a good thing. That's the impulse there is inherently negative and it's to lower the opinion about another person in the eyes of other people. So don't do that. All right. So our second practical point is to embrace humanness. So in any relationship, there's two people and both of you, believe it or not, are human. (laughs) And that means that you need to realize that you are imperfect. You are imperfect in the way that you are relating to that person. And some of the fault is yours to bear and that they are imperfect and that they're more than what you see in your interactions with them. Right. So we, it's easy to kind of create a caricature of that person who is so difficult in your life and to just kind of see them as this needling, annoying little bug. Yeah. I mean, I think we do this all the time. Like, you know, oh yeah, that's the, that's the stereotypical crotchety old neighbor who doesn't like kids on the lawn or that's the crazy aunt who you can't mention anything to at Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think that's a good, good point to bring up. That's you're creating a stereotype. Right. Yeah. Or, or that's your Toby. (laughs) Right. And you just kind of put them in this box, but really they are a human being just like you are. And they go home every day to their spouse or to their family and they have hobbies and interests and people love them and they find joy in different things. And they're just a normal human being like you are, and you need to treat them that way. Right. So rather than having this sort of high school, high school era approach of this person is my arch nemesis and everything that they do must be aimed at my good because they're just so darn difficult. In, or instead, my Ill, I guess. Right. Oh, the, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. Aimed against my good. Um, instead, you should look at them as a human being and recognize fundamentally that this is a relationship. There's something uniquely human about a relationship between two human people. It's very different from any other relationship in the animal kingdom. And you need to look at this person as someone who is a unique creature driven by desires, fears, insecurities, imperfections, goals, dreams, habits, all of these things, not just a just not not just in how well or closely they conform to a stereotype. And I think the other side of this, though, the other side of embracing humanness in your dealings with other people is to rigorously self-examine. And that relationship, like Sally said, is between two people. It's not between one person. So the relationship is not just about the person with whom you're having a problem. The relationship is also about you. And if you're having a problem in this relationship with this difficult person, there's a good chance that you are also a difficult person. It was Sally a while ago who said to me that whoever is the most difficult person in my life, and I think I think your mom told my you this. Mom, and, yes. Yeah, so very wh- wise words. Whoever is the most difficult person in your life 
uh, you are probably the most difficult person in their life. <laughs> and that's really good to remember because it's it's probably true. I think often we think this difficult person doesn't care about me or they just want to spite me and then they just go about their day like it doesn't really matter to them. Or we just feel want to feel like the victim and we see ourselves with rose-colored glasses when in reality we are a, a troubling person in their life. Right. So I think rigorous self-examination in this in the Catholic tradition, we have this thing called an examination of conscience where at the end of every day or beginning of every day, you can you look at your life and see how you have failed to to live a moral life. And in the same way, in your relationship, you can do the same thing. How have you failed, uh, tried maybe, or even not tried, but how have you failed to live up to your side of the relationship? How yeah, have how you, have you failed to love them? Right, how, they're good. exactly. How have you failed to love them? That's a really good way of putting it. So that's embrace humanness, part two, or number two. Okay, so practically we've said you should process externally, but not publicly. Right. Two, you should embrace humanness. And three, this one is kind of a two-part one, but you should communicate clearly and set boundaries. And this one's a really tough one, I think, because you can communicate too clearly. Sometimes I think you have a difficult relationship where there there is a misalignment of expectations. And so it's it's difficult precisely because one person wants something out of the relationship that you cannot or are not willing to provide. And so in that case, having a conversation and being very clear in your communications can help to align expectations. But sometimes that's not possible because sometimes feelings get really hurt. And if you have someone whose expectations for the for the relationship are so vastly different from yours, that can be a pretty crushing conversation, you know, for, for you to sit down that person and say like, I don't want to see you more than twice a year or whatever it is, you know, yeah, yeah. That, that can be a conversation that can't always happen. So it's not that we're not, we're not advocating some sort of radical honesty here. I think what we're saying is, is within the parameters again of willing this person's good, right? We don't want to, we don't want to crush their, um, their affections or crush their dreams or crush their expectations. But within the parameters of that, how can we communicate most clearly to best align shared expectations? Right. So communication in and of itself is not a good, it's how you communicate. And right. however much you decide to communicate, just communicate it clearly. Don't be passive aggressive. Don't be manipulative. Just communicate clearly. Right. All right. And then, so along it, within that point, we also want to say it's okay to set boundaries. I think it has to be, right? Yeah. Just loving another person and willing their good doesn't mean that you don't will your own good. You still have to take care of yourself. Yeah. And I think I mean, part of this is maybe some of you have been in a very close friendship and it has not been a difficult relationship. You know, it's been a great relationship and you guys get along very well, but you still, even in a very healthy relationship like that, you have to set boundaries. And sometimes you have to say like, Hey, I would love to uh, room with you, but I know that if we did that, we probably wouldn't be very good friends at the end of that because you know, we, there, there would just be too many conflicts that would arise. So we're going to set a boundary of like not rooming together. We're very close. We can hang out all the time. We're not going to room together, right? We're not going to, um, split the rent because we'd have these ridiculous fights over who's doing the dishes at night or who's eating more of whose food, et cetera. We're just not going to get into that. We're going to set that boundary. And I think that can be a way to protect an otherwise healthy relationship. And it can also be a way to sort of rehabilitate a strained relationship. You set boundaries to protect yourself and to protect the other person and again move towards that vision of shared expectations that you should be trying to establish and again the relationship with the difficult person might not be such that you can communicate these boundaries to them without causing a great rift or a greater rift so you might just have to set those boundaries for yourself and right. know what you are capable of and work from there yeah that's true Okay, and then so we've the, we've talked about three kind of practical points. The fourth one is to that forgiveness is paramount. I think this circles back to the overarching principle of the, over the whole thing. We talked about 
keeping charity or love at the forefront. And really, that's what forgiveness is all about. It's about extending love where love is not earned or deserved. And I think forgiveness is really paramount here um, for a couple of reasons, but but one of which is you won't be able to repair a relationship unless you're willing to repair it. You have to be able to extend an olive branch and say, this is broken and I forgive you for your part in it. Yeah, but I'm not going to hold a grudge. I'm not going to be resentful. I'm not going to keep looking back to the past. I'm going to move forward and try to do better. Even if that means that every day you have to forgive them for the way that they've treated you the previous day. Right. And like we said, if if they're the most difficult person in your life, you're probably the most difficult person in theirs. And in the act of extending forgiveness to someone, um, it actually, I think, will soften your own heart and will help you in seeking forgiveness from them. So as you practice the uh, the virtue of forgiving them and extending undeserved or unearned love to them. You uh, can ask for forgiveness from can, them. Exactly. You can ask for forgiveness from them. And I think this is one of the radical insights of the Christian gospel. We talked about it a little bit two weeks ago in the marriage episode, but uh, I think in that context, I was saying love begets love, right? So the more that you love someone, the more that you choose to love them every day, the more well, one, the more easy it will be for you to continue to love that person, but also the more you'll you'll enable them to love you back. And I think the same happens in a in any relationship between two people. The more you are willing to extend forgiveness to them, the more, A, you'll be willing to extend future forgiveness for other missteps or hurts or wrongs, but also I think the more you will soften their disposition towards you and incline them towards forgiving you for your own missteps because you are not perfect and none of us are. Again, going back to the principle of embracing humanness in the relationship, you need to recognize that you're not perfect. You need to not have scrupulosity over this and beat yourself up when you fail in the relationship, but you need to be clear about extending forgiveness to people when you have been wronged and asking for forgiveness when you have wronged other people. And forgiving yourself, because I think that for some people, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than to forgive yourself for your part in the difficulties. And I think it's important to, as you're evaluating and realizing, wow, I have not been great about loving this person I need to forgive myself too and to be able to move on and to try again to love them the next day right and I don't know about you Sally but going through this list and thinking about difficult people in my life I'm kind of convicted in this because uh, I know for a fact that when I deal with these people I'm not always guided by the by my love for them for sure Um, I know that I like to talk about other people to other people Uh, I know that I'm not good at embracing humanness I either have unrealistic expectations for myself or unrealistic visions of myself. I think I'm more perfect than I am with regard to the relationship or I look at them and have unrealistic expectations for them and how they will unfair picture of them. Right. And how they'll deal with me. And then I think the communicating clearly, maybe I do better at that than some of these other ones, but I know I, I know there's room for improvement there as well. And forgiveness is paramount. We'll just, you know, see above. I don't, I don't always have love for these people, at least the love that I should. So forgiveness is not paramount in my relationships with them. So this is a good personal challenge for me. And I'm going to go out, go forth and try to love difficult people more than I do and seek their forgiveness for the ways in which I've wronged them. Yeah, we definitely are not experts at this, just as we're not experts at parenting or marriage, but it's something that we face in our lives. And I'm sure that you, our listeners do as well. So please write us, email us, let us know how you're dealing with difficult people in your lives, what other tips you have for us and other listeners. And uh, yeah, good luck. Yeah, I'm also curious, maybe you can let us know as you're writing in or chiming in, 
A, let us know what we miss in these things. What helps you deal with difficult people? What has helped you in your marriage? What has helped you in parenting? Any other aspects of your life? But also let us know what you think of this format where we're doing sort of 20-minute examinations into an aspect of being human. It's uh, we've had we have some good feedback on it, but I'd like to hear more from our listeners on what you guys think. Is this something helpful? Is this something that you'd like to have us do more of? Would you like longer episodes, shorter episodes? And if um, more along these themes, let us know what topics you'd like us to right, talk yeah, about. Right, yeah, we uh, we spend a lot of time thinking about topics, and we would love to hear about that. Um, we have a few cool programming things coming up for the podcast. We're doing a, a neat collaboration with a, an organization that we're not going to announced quite yet but it is coming uh coming along and that'll be pretty exciting and then we are we're gonna have some guests on the show yeah doing a few more um neat interviews later uh in the next couple months or so so that'll be really exciting we're we're excited for the future of the podcast and we'll have some uh some personal news to announce uh with respect to relocating pretty soon too We're, we're gonna hold off on that though for now as well but until next time thanks so much for listening to vernacular podcast you can follow us on instagram or on twitter at vernacular pod you can find us on the web at vernacularpodcast.com and you can reach out with your feedback, comments, insights to Zach and Sally, Zach with one C, at vernacularpodcast.com. All right, Sally, is that it? Is that all we got? I think so. Oh man, we've come to it at the end of another episode. (laughs) All right, thanks so much for listening to Vernacular Podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Until next time, I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. Have a great week. (laughs) 